So uh, we've been we've been talking about uh, the vision, vision for the church, how vision is important, and uh, we've we our Africa Rise conference. It's 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 basically um, our a vision of the church set to conference. It's everything that we felt God has has spoken, and so we've been uh, using this time, and we usually do this whenever we have Af Africa Rise. We use the, the the season leading up to it to prepare us. For, for, for what God has in store and for what God has said. Um, if you remember, I think it was two weeks ago, we talked about how uh, uh, without vision, it's very dangerous. Where there is no vision, the people perish, Proverbs 29, 18. So vision is important because it keeps us from perishing, number one. Number two, eh, vision does not come from us, it comes from God because only God can see the future, right? But number three, God is big. And, and God, usually when he gives vision or when he speaks, he speaks at his level, not at our level. So it, it requires a little bit of a step to agree with God, uh, crossing out so many other alternatives to agree with God and, and fighting to preserve that, that vision. And we explained how the Lord gave us this idea of redeeming nations in righteousness and uh, how the rivers of God flow from this place and bring blessing and healing to the world. This is what the Lord spoke uh, it's not what we spoke, and uh, we're just trying to keep up with him, and uh, we have come thus far by the grace of God. Amen? Last week, we talked about the importance of mountains and possessing mountains, and how mountains are always going to be possessed by one of two entities, either the demonic forces of, of evil or the kingdom of God and his spirit and his righteousness. And we as the church are the ones who contend for the mountain, for the high place. We don't have a great service and leave the high place alone. We are very interested in the high place. We want the high place. We are after the high place. Amen? Because everything below is subject to everything that is above. Right? So if evil has taken over above and we are good below, it's only a matter of time before that river starts to, starts to carry us downstream with it. We are in contention for the mountain that God would give us the mountain. Amen. And I'm actually believing that this Africa Rise is significant because um, we are going to making, make some demands for our mountain. That righteousness would flow from the mountain. Amen. Hallelujah. I feel that right now. Thank you, Jesus. Um, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. Amen. So, so this is where we've been today. Uh, I want to talk about this, uh, an important element, an important ingredient for uh, um, vision. And um, uh, we're going to delve into the other half of the vision today, which I have found to be actually very important. Vision is made up of two parts. Number one is the vision that God gives. Number two is the relationship that sustains the vision. Just like uh, a, a seed cannot grow without the help of a womb, which gives conditions for the seed to grow, to come to a place of birth, right? In the same way, without relationships, uh, vision will lack the environment needed to grow and cultivate and become the full potential of what's contained in that vision. So uh, relationship is the womb. Uh, relationship is where the vision comes to life. Uh, if there is a failure in relationship, that means that there is a failure in the vision. If there is strength in the relationship, there will be strength in the vision. There are two sides of the same coin. 
And, and so uh, for us, uh, as a church family, um, bringing uh, a vision of this nature this far is not a testament to the vision only. It's a testament to the relationship. So uh, it's very important uh, to not only have strong vision, but to have strong relationship. Uh, God does not respond to vision. God actually responds to relationship. Uh, it's the strength of relationship that make even the most ridiculous visions come to pass. All right? So I want to look at some of these things today. I would like us uh, to go. We're going to study two passages of scripture. Um, and I want to kind of demonstrate, make some case studies from the scriptures, how this works. Uh, first chap Samuel chapter 14. And we're going to start reading in verse number 6. First Samuel chapter 14 and verse number 6. Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, Come, let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised fellows. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. Do all that you have in mind, his armor bearer said. Go ahead. I am with you, heart and soul. Jonathan said, come then. We will cross over toward the men and let them see us. If they say to us, wait there until we come to you, we will stay where we are and not go up to them. But if they say, come on up to us, come up to us, we will climb up because that will be our sign that the Lord has given them into our hands. So both of them showed themselves to the Philistine outpost. Look, said the Philistines, the Hebrews are crawling out of the holes they were hiding in. The men of the outposts outpost shouted to Jonathan and his armor bearer, come up, to say, come up to us and we'll teach you a lesson. So Jonathan and his armor bearer, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, climb after me. The Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. Jonathan climbed up using his hands and feet with his armor bearer right behind him. The Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer followed and killed behind him. Okay, we'll stop right there. Now, uh, this is a lesson in relationship. Hmm? Uh, Jonathan comes to his armor bearer and he tells him, um, let us go over to that Philistine outpost uh, for, for, uh, to those uncircumcised fellows. And he says, perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf for nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. In other words, he pitches a, a, a vision to him. He tells him a plan. Uh, let's do ABC. And the armor bearer hears the plan and he says, do what you have in mind to do. I am with you, heart and soul. Hallelujah. So the armor bearer heard the plan, but did not commit to the plan. He committed to the man. Right? He heard the plan, but he committed to the man. He committed to relationship. So the victory that day was a victory fueled by relationship. It was a relationship-infused vision. Hmm. And the Lord wrought a great victory on that day. Not because only of the greatness of the plan, but because of the greatness of the relationship. Everybody say relationship. relationship. All right. Uh, number two, uh, what we see in this story that the plan was pretty foolish. Hmm? He says, I have a great idea. What's the great idea? Let's go show ourselves to the Philistine outpost. Hmm? And if they see us and stay, wait there, then we'll stay. 
where we are. But if they say, come on up to us, that will be our sign from the Lord. Excuse me? I mean, if you were an army of 100,000, okay. But it's just two. And they said, if they say, come on us and we'll teach you a lesson, that will be our sign from the, from the Lord. You know, I said, excuse me, if I was the armor bearer, I would say, I am with you heart and soul. Except in this case, I have a question. According to my calculations, in my wealth of experience in military strategy and operations, uh, I suggest that we call a board meeting today because I feel that this might not end in our favor. But the, the blessing is that the armor bearer heard the foolishness of the plan. And he still commit to relationship. And he said, let's go. It's not the brilliance of the plan. It's the brilliance of the relationship. That the relationship will out-trump a plan any day. That relationship, in fact, what we see in this story, that God actually responded to relationship, not plan. Because on every metric, this is a, a, this is a foolish decision. But when you add the power of committed relationship, eh? hallelujah. Are you following what I'm saying? So I thought about, you know, our, our vision. Our vision is pretty foolish. Mm? It's amazing that you guys are actually here today. Eh? Because we are talking crazy. We're talking things that probably have never been before. Perhaps the Lord will redeem the entire continent of Africa. For it's not impossible for the Lord to deliver, whether by many or by few. Mm? You see, these stories were written not for our entertainment, eh? but they are actually our own testimonies. Amen? There's a prophecy in every testimony. There is a, a, a breakthrough on the other side of every story that God has ever done. Hallelujah. It's not for them or for entertainment purposes. It's for us. It's for our own Philistine outpost. Eh? It's for our own Red Sea. It's for our own Goliath. It is for our own enemies. Hallelujah. These stories were written so that they would inspire our faith to a place to believe as they did. Eh, so that we can accomplish in our time, in our day, what they did in their time and in their day. Amen. Praise the Lord. So what we see is God saw and he responded and gave them a great victory. Because God always responds to relationship. Hallelujah. So it's, it's, it's not necessarily about the details of the plan. Hmm? It's about the details of the relationship. Relationship is the secret sauce. It's the secret ingredient in this victory. Amen. Secondly, I would like us to go to the book of Ruth. Ruth chapter 1. And um, this is the story. I'm sure you're all, many of you are familiar. But uh, Naomi and her daughters-in-law, uh, Orpha and, and Ruth lost all of their husbands uh, when they had gone uh, to, to, uh, to Moab. And they heard that God had visited his people and there was bread in Bethlehem. So they began to journey back, the three of them, a mother-in-law and her daughters-in-law. And uh, we pick up this story while they're walking back, maybe in verse number 9, 9b. I like 9b because it's kind of fits in better with the narrative. Then she kissed them and went and wept aloud and said to her, uh, they, then she kissed them and they wept aloud and said to her, we will go back 
with you to your people. But Naomi said, return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who could come, who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there were still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters. It is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has gone out against me. At this they wept again. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Now look, Naomi said, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, do not urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. Praise the Lord. So, this, this, this particular story, it's similar to the previous story that I told you um, about Jonathan and his armor bearer. But there's another level of relationship that we see in the story of Ruth. Um, Orpah uh, heard, or, or they had all planned to return, they were all committed to relationship. And when Naomi convinced her, her that I am too old, there's no future for you here, these plans don't look very promising, therefore it is better for you to return home. She did the math in her head and she said, you know what, you're right. So I will neglect eh, the relationship because the plan does not seem to be working out as we had hoped. I don't think there's a future for me in these plans. I don't think I see that this will work out for me, so I'm going to leave the relationship because plans are, are not good enough. Ruth, however, heard the crazy plans, all right, and she committed herself to the death, to the point that not only to the death, that to the burial. Where you are buried, I will be buried. That's beyond death commitment, right? That's pretty serious. All right? But she said, that's the level, that's the depth of my commitment, even though the plan looks crazy. Even looked up, there's no hope for me in this plan. All right? But I think there's another deeper level of commitment in relationship with this story because not only is the plan weak, but Naomi is weak. The relationship is weak. Uh, Naomi, number one, is an old woman. She can't have children anymore. And even if she could have children, eh, it would be a long time to wait for her children to become qualified for husbandry. <laughs> and for the children to get married to her. So the woman is weak, and she's old. She's also bitter, like a, a bitter old woman. Like she's lost her good confession. She doesn't say the usual is over from this place. No, she says, I am bitter. Call me Mara. Game over. Power out. I'm done. Kaput. So, so, so it only makes sense. Ruth, come on, join Orpa now because... I can understand if you have a weak vision, but a strong leader. That's what the armor bearer had. Jonathan was young. Come on. He was the son of a king. He looks good on the poster. 
Jonathan International Ministries. Huh? I mean, he has that youthful appeal. He's brave. He's strong. He believes God. He knows the power of God to bring a breakthrough. He said, who knows if God can deliver us? Because whether by many or by few, I mean, he had the language, he had the confession, he had the faith. That's my kind of person. I would ride that to the grave and to burial better than a woman who says, I'm too old. It's game over for me. I can't have children. God has made my life so bitter. Call me, don't call me Naomi anymore. Call me Mara. So I would, if I was Ruth, I would say, okay, maybe the plan is not so, so good. But woman, are, do you know what you're saying? Don't, haven't you been to Beza Church? Haven't you heard about the power of positive confession? You know? So she's, she's a self-defeated, old, dry, finished woman. But somehow Ruth was able to sense and pick up that beyond all of this weakness. And beyond all of this poor vision, I sense the hand of God has not given up here. That's something that God is working. So I'm committing not because of the greatness of the plan. I'm committing not because even you got it all right right now. But beyond you, there is a God that I am seeing who still has his hand on you somewhere. And I commit for that reason. Hallelujah. And you know, Ruth, uh, I mean, the armor bearer benefited from his commitment. They got a great victory. But I think Ruth, Ruth benefited far greater than any armor bearer could ever benefit. Because when she went, it's like the foolish decision. This is like a suicide mission. Going, like signing off your death warrants. She gave herself to the point of death and burial. But God said, I, what did I say earlier? God does not respond to vision. God does not respond to plans. God responds to relationship. And he saw, when he sees relationship kicking in, God says, oh, oh, oh. What's going on there? Let me come down and bring a victory in the Philistine outpost. Let me come down and hook Ruth up better than anybody could ever hook, hook her up. Uh, for those of you who are interested in getting in and hook up up, hmm? Let me give you some advice from the Holy Ghost today. God is the best hooker upper. If you remember the story, she went back to Bethlehem and she came to the field that just happened to be owned by Boaz, the multimillionaire of Bethlehem, the, the Elon Musk of Bethlehem, uh, excuse me, I mean the pastasy <clears throat> of, of Bethlehem. And she happened to be stumbling into that field and gleaning in the field. And she was at the lowest rank of the, of the economic and social status when she entered. But after God caused her to find favor in the eyes of Boaz, Boaz she became Mrs. Boaz. Meaning that she's not gleaning in the field anymore. She now owns the field. Forget, forget a husband. Eh? Mrs. Boaz, eh? she now has a business card. Come on, somebody. Hmm? She now has some status. All right. But not only that, they had a son, a son named Obed. Hmm? And Obed brought such joy to the family that Naomi, the Bible says, now work with me here. But the Bible says that Naomi was so full of joy in her old age. Because of this relationship, it not only benefited Ruth, it benefited old, bitter, cranky, old woman, don't got it together, Naomi. It worked for her as well. The Bible says that they shared nursing duties with Obed. That in her old age, Naomi was nursing 
Obed with great joy so that bitterness was turned to joy for Naomi and for Ruth. Ruth got hooked up, Naomi got hooked up, but not only that, the legacy of Ruth got hooked up because Obed became the father of Jesse, who became the father of David, who became the great-grandfather of Jesus, of which we are all saved by his name today. Huh? In fact, the seat that Jesus is sitting on today is the throne of David. Hmm. And not only that, she got a book, a full book in the Bible in her name, the book of Ruth. That's a hookup if I ever saw one. Hmm? You don't, I mean, the armor bearer scored a good victory, but you don't have the book of armor bearer chapter one. But you do have Ruth chapter one. When God sees relationship, he responds to relationship. Uh, uh, some of us have cut relationships off too prematurely. Some of us, maybe we did not like the plan. We don't like where this is going. All right, you go your way. God bless you. I'm going to go my way. Uh, some of us, we did not like the people we were following anyway. We saw their weakness. And we said, the plan was good, but if you're going to be acting like that, don't bring that Mara business in here. I go to Beza Church. Hmm? We have the usual is over. Hallelujah. We have redeeming. See see how much better this, she, she, he, she saw how much this old woman had tanked. But she says, I still got you. Your, your weak performance does not change the plans of God. Your weak performance does not change the purposes of God. And God saw that and got involved. God hooked her up. Some of us need to give a little bit more grace to the relationships. Some of us have cut some relationships off too prematurely. Failing to see the purposes of God still at work behind the scenes. God has not given up. I said God has not given up. So you must never give up. Uh, I think this was a lesson that the Apostle Paul uh, uh, learned over the course of his ministry. There's a verse in Acts chapter 15, which talks about Paul and Barnabas, how they had gone on a missionary journey together. Okay, then they came back uh, to, to Antioch. And then, and then they said, let's go again and visit all the cities where we planted churches and see how they're getting along. And they said, okay, let's go. But Barnabas wanted to bring John Mark with them. And the Bible says, you can check me out in Acts 15. And, and Paul said, Paul did not think it was a good idea to bring John Mark. So they parted company over this issue of John Mark. The reason why they parted company over John Mark is because in their first journey, uh, while they were going, John Mark had been with them. And then halfway, without finishing, he left them and came back, back to, to Antioch. And so Paul says, we cannot rely on these Flaky people, uncommitted people who don't get the vision, who, who serve their own appetites. I don't like this mess of I'm committed, not committed. I don't like starting and going halfway and pulling back. So Paul said, I don't want this guy to come with me. But Barnabas says, no, I think he should come. He's good people. And Paul said, no, don't you remember what we've been through? This man cannot come with us. And then the, 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 the clash over this person of John Mark became so great that the Bible says they parted company. Never to come back to relationship again. Game over. And I've heard so many people, even ministry, quote this verse <laughs> as grounds to, you know, separate from people. Uh, go, you go your way. I'll go mine. God bless you. Good luck. Good luck. But you know the Lord is with me. 
because I believe my judgment about John Mark was right. I believe my vision, my plans, my leading, my experience, my education, my degrees, my business cards are better. Uh, one day, uh, this was some time back, I did a, a study of the, the letters that Paul wrote and I lined them up according to the times when they were written, which is different from the order of scripture. And what I found in the writings of Paul is that earlier on in his ministry, he was writing to cities generally, to, to, the, to, the, to the saints in Ephesus, to the saints in Philippi, Colossians. He was writing those earlier in his ministry. But toward the end of his ministry, he was writing to individuals like Timothy, like Titus, like Philemon, right? Which tells me that at the beginning of his ministry, what was important was not as important as it was at the end of his ministry, meaning that he kind of shifted over the course of his ministry to great vision, great cities, great plans, to great relationships. It, was, it, it does not always happen when you're young in ministry because the plans are so exciting. We're going to take the world. My youth ministry, it was called the Joel Generation Army. Come on, somebody. The greatest revival in the history of the world. Yeah! Right? But over time, you say, that although that's good, this is better. Although this is exciting, this bears better fruit. Fighting for relationship. And in fact, there was a time in Colossians when Paul said, pray for me that the Lord would open a door for me for effective ministry. Right? But then in the Second Corinthians 16, I believe, he says, and this was toward the end of his ministry, he said, a door of effective ministry was opened for me. Eh? But I did not find my brother Titus there. So I left. So earlier he's praying for open door. But later on he leaves open door because Titus is more valuable to me. Relationship is more important to me. And sometimes we don't know about this when we're starting out, when God touches us, when God visits us, it's all about taking over the world. But, but time will teach us that valuable, the valuable portion is relationship fighting for a relationship. And Paul kind of had to learn this the hard way. In fact, in, in, in 2 Timothy 4.14, Paul, later on in his ministry, eh, he said, uh, by the way, send for John Mark. Tell him to come to me because I have found him to be helpful in my ministry. Which tells me that in earlier times, if Paul would have had a little bit more grace, a little bit more patience, eh, Instead of being so quick to judgment, just give it time. Let's work together. Let's see what God does. People make mistakes, learn from the mistakes, and get better. So don't give up on the relationship, Paul. Eh? Let's give, because you might have to come to a time when you actually need John Mark, which actually happened. Yeah? Some of you are going back to the kitchen and revisiting your relationships. I hope so. I hope so because, because some of those God might, might, don't delete those numbers so fast. I mean, some of them you do need, need to delete. Don't, for, don't get me wrong. Some of that, that's the devil in flesh and blood. All right, get rid of that one. But there's some relationships. May the Lord give you the discernment <laughs> to know the difference. <laughs> but there's some relationships that's worth fighting for. There's some relationships that's worth having patience with because God is not done. And maybe they made a mistake in the ministry or on the assignment. But because God is always fighting for us, 
He's fighting for them as much as he's fighting for you. That if you can look above the weakness and see the plan of God like Ruth saw in Naomi, it could benefit you greatly. It could benefit both of you greatly. Some of us have pulled the plug too early. Yeah, have, have patience. Work that thing a little bit. Uh, let's see what the Lord might, might do. Because the Bible says that where two or three gather in my vision. Okay, sorry, sorry. Where two or three gather in my plans. Oh, no, no, no. And it says where two or three gather in my name. Because they are mine. I am right there among them. So when we're fighting for relationships, we're actually fighting for God. Right? Uh, I would like a volunteer. Okay, Sammy, come on up. Okay. Uh, um, KB, KB, last check. Good if you could come here, please. Okay. Now, now I want to show you this. Uh, um, the, the Bible says, where two or three gather in my name, uh, I am right there in the midst of them. The Greek word is misos. It means right in the very middle. It's a construction term. So if me and Sammy are getting along together, eh? no, stay where you are. Eh? And this is me and Sammy and Kibrom, just for the purposes. <laughs> just for the purpose of this illustration only, okay? For, for the purpose of this illustration, Kibrom is God, okay? Just for this, I know, I know, yes. <laughs> okay, so me and Sammy, we love each other. We get along together. We fought for relationship. We fight for one another. And because we love each other, God comes right here in the middle. He said, he promised. He says, if you were two or three, I gather together in my name. I am right there in the middle. So as long as we have this fellowship, God is right here with us. Amen. But let's say that one day, eh? Sammy just, he went too far. Yeah? I mean, it was cool before, but you bring this John Mark business. Please, Sammy. So I'll see you later. Go ahead with your bad self. And I'll go here. And I go in the name of the Lord. But he also goes in the name of the Lord. Right? Now my question is, if this is what happens, and it happens a lot, my question is, where is God now? Come on. God... <laughs> Come on, God. No, no, no. It was the John Mark issue. He messed up with John Mark. Come on. We know about John Mark, God, don't we? Come on. God's not going anywhere. But, but, but you know, I'm always right. And you know how crazy Sammy is. Come on. God does not say that I'm in the midst of the one who is right. And I think uh, it's important to understand this as, a, as believers, as Christians. Uh, because what we have done with the church is nothing but this. How many denominations are there in the, the body of Christ right now? Hmm? And how many crosses of Jesus Christ are there? I heard a teaching the other day. I shared it with some of you. You know, the Lord's Prayer... I think Albert Tate was preaching at NCC. This just blew my mind. He said, you know, we say the Lord's Prayer is the Lord's Prayer. You know, our Father which art in heaven, nam nam. He said, that's not the Lord's Prayer. Because it was the disciples who asked. Right? The, the disciples asked, teach us how to pray. 
So that's really the disciples' prayer. The Lord's prayer is found in John 17, where Jesus prayed, Father, make them one as we are one. Praise the Lord. That's the Lord's prayer. And if that's the Lord's prayer, what's the devil's number one homework assignment? To make the one, two, and the two, four, and the four, eight. And I can't do any more math after that. Because that's about what we look like right now. But I believe we're coming to a time not only of great vision, but great relationship. Where I can look at Sammy and look at all the story we've had together, all that we have been through and say, come on, Sammy, I forgive you. Come on. I don't get you, but I still love you. We're still brothers. We're still, and look where God is once again. God does not run with me or him. If we find this place, we'll find the heart of God. And I said before, if God is here, then God will always respond not to the vision, not to the plan, not to the weight of your ministry pedigree. But he will respond to relationship. He'll be right there in the middle. Thank you. Thank you, guys. It took Paul a whole lifetime of ministry to figure this out. I, I think when you're in the earlier stage of ministry, it's, relationship is not as important because you, 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 your visitations are, are powerful. In every generation, there was always these strong visitations. In Abba's generation, when they were young, you know, they finished school and they burned all of their textbooks. Because we're serving God now, hallelujah, zarraf. <laughs> you know, we don't need earthly knowledge anymore. We've heard from God, zarraf. You know, uh, that was Abba's generation. In my generation, we did something, I don't know, maybe something. I'd rather not say, shh, <laughs> um, But it, over time, you start to realize what really matters. Um, and when we started Beza, actually, we started uh, uh, actually a bit nervous because all we had known in ministry was great ministry and great fighting at the same time. And the Lord spoke to us, Yanne. He said, the problem is, is that you're putting ministry before relationship. And whenever you put ministry before relationship, the relationship is just a matter of time. And, and he said, he actually, he said specifically that um, uh, relationship, or, or rather ministry, is not something that we can do. It's only something only that God can do. We cannot convict the heart to come to Jesus. We cannot speak to people in their heart and tell them to do this or that or the other. That's only God's department. But at the same time, God cannot do relationship. That is our eternal homework assignment. That's the one thing that we do for God. But ministry is the one thing that God does for us. So God said, if you do your part, I will do my part. And he said that when we had nothing, where we were about 13 people. And so we just made a commitment to just test the waters to see God says relationship. Let's see what this looks like. Which means that we put ministry as a secondary issue. That if there is a price to pay, uh, it will not be on the relationship side. It will be on the ministry side. Now, have we done that perfectly? Probably not. But that's been the goal and the Lord has helped us. And the amazing thing is that we're still here. And God, I have a testimony that truly God can build ministry. I think it's important for us to know even as we step into a season of Africa Rise, that it's a great vision, but it's also a great relationship. Yeah? Um, that, that when me and my family when we moved here we did not only move to start this ministry based on a vision of of rivers and and redeeming nations in righteousness that was one side but we also came for iman abba iman abba 
Well, they are not Naomi, eh? because Naomi was complaining. They're far more Jonathan than Naomi, but they're great people of God. And I've seen them over the course of my life. And under God, you need somebody. You cannot serve the God that you don't see. The way you serve the God that you don't see is working with people that you do see. So we came to connect with Iman Abba. Whether you like it or not, we came to work with Iman Abba. They're not only my biological parents, they're my spiritual parents. Hmm? Uh, I'm not getting any amens or anything. You know, we get criticized actually a lot. We, we get criticized a lot, you know, because like a family should not do ministry together. Hmm? Uh, it's not family that brings us together. Uh, if it was family, I would be connected to all of our... our, our we, we don't, I don't know my family because when my parents got saved, they got kicked out of the home and they're just going with Jesus ever since. Uh, the qualification um, for a bishop in the scriptures, uh, if one, anyone wants to be a bishop or an elder, he must first govern his own family well, right? Uh, God always works redemption in family from the time of Genesis. Uh, 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 Moses... Uh, did not lead alone. Micah tells us that Miriam and Aaron, his brother and sister, were called to lead together with them. It was Aaron and his sons, right? So it's not about the biological, it's about the spiritual. Actually, to be honest, we don't have much biological connection with my parents. Hmm? Uh, if, it was, if they were preachers and I became a preacher because they were a preacher, then all my brothers would have been preachers as well. I'm the only brother that's a preacher because I have a call to be a preacher. Um, but I have seen something of a, not only an, a, a plan, and I have seen something beyond a, a man and a woman. I have seen the purpose of God on their lives. I've seen that God somehow committing here has been a, a great blessing for me, a great victory for me. Uh, and uh, I think, they would, they're the ones who would have to testify, but I think uh, like Naomi in her old age, and they're not old by any means, uh, uh, they have invented the, the, the patent, patented this idea of uh, reducing your age the more it increases. Yeah, I, I'm saying that carefully because I know we'll be talking after service. Uh, uh, but there's something of a purpose of God that has, has, I have kind of caught it. And it's not with my natural eyes, in the spirit. Uh, and the Lord has kind of touched that part uh, to, to, to cause me to see that it's been a blessing. And, and I think they would say that uh, like Ruth was for Naomi, I've been a blessing for them as well. Yeah? I think in their old age, I think they've been blessed. Now, now, it's really bold to say that they've been blessed because of me. Yeah? But let them testify. But I know I have been blessed also because of them. Yeah? It's been actually a great blessing. A lot of people who are in ministry, they are really, really nervous and really under a lot of pressure. I was at a meeting uh, several months ago and they were making presentations. The st statistics of stressed out ministers, the pressure to crack, the pressure of, of the level of depression in ministers and ministries, uh, it's very high. And I'm happy to report that although there has been a lot we have gone through, and a lot that we do go through from time to time. Uh, really, we're, we're relaxing. I'm relaxing when I minister. Hmm? It's, a, it's, a, it's a joy to minister. Right? And I think they would say the, the same. Praise the Lord. Because it, it's, not a, it's not a 
It's not a testament to great plans. It's not even a testament to great doctrine. Great relationship is far greater than great doctrine. I would like to say that again. Yeah? Great relationship is far greater than great doctrine. In fact, if your doctrine is not helping to contribute to relationship, then you can throw the doctrine to the side. Uh, while we're in this neighborhood, I cannot mention relationship without mentioning my brother, Sally. Uh, some of you are, are, are post-COVID church members. You don't know Sally, but Sally helped us to build this church from the beginning. Actually, I started my ministry with Sally in the year... And uh, I actually, this is new space for me because of the challenges we are in. I've never ministered without Sally. And uh, now I'm trying to get used to that. Like, I'm literally, since the first time when I started, Saleh has always been there. Uh, and I think one of the things that has blessed me about, about uh, Saleh is that uh, we have seen the value of relationship tested over time. And I think I can honestly say I've benefited from relationship in that regard. And I think he could say the same. All right? Uh, and I think that's one of the, the, the unique things that God has helped us to understand. It's not about great doctrine. It's not about great plans. Even if they get it right or, or wrong. It's about fighting for that relationship. Making space for that relationship. Because strong relationships will carry strong vision. Strong relationship will take broken vision and make it strong. Yeah. Praise the Lord. So, so uh, this is something I wanted for all of you who... Kobe is a home. This is, this is the thing that I think has worked for us perhaps more than anything else. We don't just have great vision. Uh, we don't see great things. It's, it's not only about that. God has helped us to see each other properly. And that's been a saving grace for us. And by the grace of God, I believe that will be, maybe one day we'll have a, uh, just like Ruth committed to relationship. That's all she did. She didn't go to school. You know, she didn't hook herself up on LinkedIn. Come on, somebody. Eh? She just committed to an old woman who was a little bit senile. Mm -hmm. And the Lord likes relationship. Well, the point is that relationship is a big deal. Walking together is a big deal. And I think uh, should the relationship fall apart, then we close the doors on the church. We have nothing to preach about if we have not got relationship right. We have nothing to sing about if we have not. Because God is not anywhere in the vicinity. Mm -hmm. Amen. So it's a, a homework assignment for all of us, right? Give a little bit of grace. Have a little bit of patience. Work with people. Don't give up so fast. I know you have an anointing and a, a slow down and just give it. Bring that anointing into relationship. Let's see what God will do. I believe God will do so much more through relationship. In fact, the Bible says one of my favorite verses that he will do exceedingly, abundantly, right? Above and beyond all that we dare ask or, or imagine. That verse is spoken in the context of relationship. It's not in the context of power. Ah, praise the Lord. So I just wanted to leave you. As we step into Africa, arise. As we take the mountain, this is how we do it. Uh, we, we don't do it together. We do it. it. It's not my vision. It's our vision. It's not what I have achieved. It's what we have achieved. What we have achieved, all of us. Eh? It's not what I saw, it's what we saw. Eh? In fact, I believe that's the language of the New Testament. That which we have seen, which we have heard, with our hands have touched. Not what I have seen, I have heard, and what my hands have touched. There was something about doing this together. 
And uh, that's, that's been a blessing. And I pray that we would be so baptized in this that when our guests come for Africa Rise, they would be so hit by the power of God without any preaching or singing. The atmosphere is charged with the love of God. It's the high mountain. It's the high place. Yeah? So, so, so uh, yeah. Whew, this is good. Yeah, I feel us elevating right now. Even as I, yeah. You, some of your faces are looking even different. Mm. Yeah. Some of you don't need a shower. Some of you just need to fix that relationship. <laughs> yeah. It does supernatural things.